Hi, this is Sam Butler, former member of the Blind Boys of Alabama, five-time Grammy winners. You're watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Folks Alert Show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Sam Butler, former member of the Blind Boys of Alabama, five times Grammy Award winner, one time, one time Lifetime Achievement Award winner, uh, legendary gospel musician. Sam, it's fitting to have you here on a Sunday evening. How are you, sir? I'm blessed. Thank you so much for having us. Man, listen, I, I can't. Listen, I was. I was so I was so excited um, when I got a chance to talk to you because uh, I've heard so much about you from from well let me explain to you how we met right mm -hmm. I did an interview I believe was season I want to say season two mm -hmm. I think season two I did an interview with um, uh, a buddy of mine from from HBO. Right. He did. A, mm -hmm. He came on the podcast, um, talked about how he did this documentary. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So Eric, you know, so Eric was telling me, hey, man, um, I'm working on this project. It's called the Blind Boys of Alabama. And I didn't I didn't know um, this was way before my time. So he's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, he said, I want you to interview these guys, Clarence and um, and Sam. So I was like, oh, great, mm -hmm. cool. You know, and. Uh, he got sick and we haven't spoken in a while. So I contact his wife trying to figure out what's going on with him. She told me mm -hmm. he, had, he had passed away and then come yes. to find out uh, Clarence has passed away as well. Yes. So I said, I would love to talk to Sam. You know, she said, okay, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. So yes. I'm happy. Um, I'm happy. I'm having a chance to talk to you, man. Uh, 1939, uh, the Blind Boys of Alabama was founded by Clarence mm -hmm. Fountain. Uh, but I, I want to take you back a little further before the Blind Boys of Alabama, before you joined the group. There mm -hmm. was a Blind Boys of Mississippi, mm -hmm. right? And your father, yes. your father was part of that group. Yes. yes. Tell me, tell me about that. Well, my father, Bishop Samuel Butler Sr., uh, he, in the 50s, mm -hmm. he hooked up with the Blind Boys of Mississippi. He was a driver and a guitar player for the group at that time. Uh, and he worked with the group until uh, late 50s mm. when God called him to the ministry. Uh, and he left the road and started pastoring churches how explain to me the connection between because there's a little dispute between the blind boys of mississippi and the blind boys of alabama the mississippi group came first yes right i believe 1936 correct mm -hmm. correct right so 1936 and then 
you guys came along 1939. Uh, was it, well, the Blind Boys of Mississippi, did you guys kind of mirrored what you saw the Mississippi group was doing? Well, what happened was the two groups came together through a guy that was pro promoting shows mm -hmm. in Newark, New Jersey. Um, and he had heard about both blind groups and it was quite exciting for the people to see these two groups battle in ministry. Um, <laughs> and be, especially by the both of them being blind. Right. So he hooked them up and they went to one of the biggest places in Newark. And that filled up the whole place. Uh, and people loved it. And and they were, I think some people were, may have been a, uh, betting on who was going to be the victor. Right. You know, so uh, from that, the name, the, the Blind Boys of Alabama were called the Happy Land Singers. Okay. Which, at, at, from that point on, they became to be the Blind Boys of Alabama. Gotcha. That's when they got the name Blind Boys of Alabama. So, um, and then they traveled the country during this battle, uh, you know, singing battle. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, Archie Brownlee, no doubt, um, was one of the most um, exciting singers that you would ever see on stage. I don't care if you're talking about Stevie Wonder, um, Ray Charles, it didn't matter. He was so clear that he was just, he would just melt. He, people would melt when they heard him sing. Mm. And he was just crystal clear. He had a, he had a gift. Right. He, he was really gifted. Um, and he could even walk in the building and people would actually start fainting. Fighting. You know, just, just, yeah, just his presence. And uh, it was, uh, uh, it was a sight to see. So they did the Apollo, they did all, all your big uh, places that were, uh, where people, where you could get a lot of people in during that time. Right. And the blind boys traveled together for, for years. And the way I got it was, I was four years old, riding on the knees of these guys, mm -hmm. uh, the Mississippi blind boys first, because uh, my father was driving for them and uh, they would rehearse in the car and I would learn how to sing and do what I learned to do through those guys. So you kind of, you kind of observe uh, hanging out with your pops. Exactly. Now at, at what exactly. age, at what age did you decide that? Okay. Because the, the blind boys in Mississippi, they were older. Right, they were mm -hmm. much older than the the blind boys of, of Alabama. So, at, yes. at what age did you hooked up with with Clarence and and joined the group? I joined the group in 1972. Wow! Um, after uh, I was a teenager, mm -hmm. uh, I had come and um, and I was already playing guitar. 
I started playing guitar at seven years old. Uh, my dad went and took uh, our uh, money for food and found me a big K guitar. It was, uh, the guitar was bigger than I was. So I learned to play uh, that guitar and I've been playing ever since. Let me and ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You were saying. No, I was going to say 65 years ago. 65 years ago. The music mm -hmm. business 65 years ago when you got in is not the same music business. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, how? Well, I, I, want, I want you to. I want you to take me back a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. There was no, yeah. there was no record company back then. So you guys are, yes. you, you. No, we had record companies back then, but not the traditional record company that I'm. I'm when when I say record company, you had like small, maybe small label. I saw that the Blind Boys of Mississippi was signed to Peacock Records. Um, yeah, but I'm saying in in the context of you guys are doing gospel music, right? Mm -hmm. uh, was gospel mm -hmm. music the thing to be doing at that period in time? You know, because now we look at modern time, we got pop culture, we got rap, we got rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to just get a right. sense of what the music, what the music was like at 14 years old. And why did you choose gospel? I understand because your father was a, uh, a pastor, but mm -hmm. did you, did any other type of music interest you or just pure gospel? Well, let's go back. Okay. Uh, during the early 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. gospel music was huge. Right. It was really big because everybody, um, most of your R&B singers, they started in gospel. Absolutely. Aretha Franklin, uh, the staple singers, uh, um, even the temptations, right? Uh, when you hear uh, Eddie and uh, uh, what's his name, um, uh, I can't think of Jimmy Ruffin and the Ruffin Brothers, right? The Ruffin Brothers was a gospel group out of Detroit, and they sang gospel all over the place until, but they always wanted, I think, we all wanted more money, okay, uh, because. Things were tight uh, for for the Chitlin Circuit, is what we called it. Right. Uh, but everybody was on that. Solomon Bird, uh, Ovi Wright, um, Sam Cooke. We started all in gospel, and gospel was huge because it was sacred. It was sacred music, and it actually people would. Uh, they thought more of themselves um, being in the gospel. They felt closer to God. Let, let's put it that right, way. Right, right. So, um, and it, 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 was, uh, it was either a choice of gospel or the devil's music. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, the devil's music, you know, uh, it's just kind of open. It was open for everybody. So. Right. Now, you, you, you and Clarence, Clarence founded the Blind Boys of Mississippi. Uh, that, that no, was no, him. Blind Boys of Alabama. 
I'm sorry, my apologies. Blind Boys of Alabama. He founded Correct. that group. Uh, you guys became very close, right? Yes. Uh, yes. When you guys were playing back then, I mean, money was all, I guess you wanted to make money, of course, but mm -hmm. did you, were you guys thinking global? Did you think of even reaching the commercial success that you guys eventually got? This was just, well, uh, go ahead. No, this Sorry. was just this was just you guys just playing and wanted to play based upon what you heard from what Cla I heard in the interview Clarence said. Um, you were mm -hmm. listening to the radio, and mm -hmm. you guys figured it. Hey, we can we can do this too. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, the Blind Boys, Clarence, uh, they used to listen to the Golden Gate Quartet, mm -hmm. uh, which were one of your first groups that were black groups that was worldwide. Uh, and we did not know that um, the countries that uh, was playing black gospel in the 50s, uh, you had Italy, Spain, France, right. Germany, right. all these countries, they played what they got from the United States. Right. WLAC Nashville, Tennessee was one that stayed, uh, that played gospel music um, part of the night every night. And Randy Rickard Mark is what it was called. And they would, they could reach parts of the countries that we never thought. Mm -hmm. The station was 50,000 watts and it ran all over just about the United States. You could hear it every, that, every that, night. That was that was you, that was AM radio at the time, right? It was AM radio. Yeah, that's that's why AM AM signals go very far. Yes, yes, and they are uh, they promoted gospel, and they sold millions and millions of records. Mm -hmm. So yes, gospel was big, and we didn't even know it. Mm. We had no idea that how big we had become, uh, the first time I think we went to uh, uh, Europe, that I went with the Blind Boys, the Blind Boys had never been there before. And we were selling out um, halls that we couldn't even sell out here in, in, in the United States. What was, what was that, what, is, what was that, they weren't, were they playing back then? You guys took a boat, right? It was boats. No, 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 we, a, we flew. Oh, you flew there? We, we, yeah, we flew in 1985. We oh, 1985. Left, uh, okay, that's 85. Yeah, 1985. We uh, we were doing the Gospel of Colonus in um, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And we left from Philly uh, to fly to Paris, France to play Chatelet. Wow. And in Chatelet, you can have, there was 2,800 seats. We were there for three weeks. There was not an empty seat in the house the whole time we were there. We did six shows, uh, did eight shows a week. And eight it was shows a week? Eight shows a week. So, wow. and when we went to uh, Spain, uh, uh, Barcelona, uh, you couldn't get in the place. Uh, uh, we were there for a month and a half, I think it was. 
Then we went to uh, um, Italy. We went to um, Madrid. Um, it was just big, man. We went all over the country. And that's and doing... that's and that brings me to my next point, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Could you? And then, okay. Could you imagine, right? Alabama. Mm -hmm. Now you're touring the world. Yes. You're, you're seeing things that you didn't even think exist. Exactly. Exactly. Not only that, let me add this in here while we're yeah, yeah, go there. Ahead. In, in 1983, mm -hmm. I met a guy that, um, that changed my life forever. Donald Fagan of Steely Dan. We were playing at, um, we were doing New York. We did New York, the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Mm -hmm. uh, and Donald Fagan um, came and heard the show. And he brought uh, Gary Katz, which was his uh, producer, record producer. And the two of them came and they were blown away the very first night of Colonus. Uh, and they came backstage after the show. And he was like in tears and he was talking about, I'm going to record this show. Mm. Now, during that time, we had never had a record that uh, a record budget talking about um, $125,000. Right. Okay. That was the very first one for the blind boys and the whole set of Colonus. Um, we did that. And do you know, from that point on, then PBS got involved, right? Everything just started moving from one thing to another, as as well as the growth and popularity of the blind boys of Alabama. The blind boys had never had it like that before. They were big before. Uh, but uh, and they lost the they lost their they lost their audience. How they lost their audience was uh, we were singing gospel, but living another gospel. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, but 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 that comes with that comes with that comes with the business of of you know the entertainment business, so to speak. You know. There you go. There you um, go. You're, you're so, right on. You, you 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 will get distracted but you you are becoming you guys are getting more success one the first yes. grammy okay tell me about the first you guys get a grammy the first grammy right the first uh, yeah. you get you, you you get the first grammy you're not expecting mm -hmm. this okay what is the right. feeling like you're getting that first grammy so now you have a, you have a a, a statue an accomplishment mm -hmm. a piece of mm -hmm. art that says Hey, I've arrived and I am number one in the world. What is that feeling like? It's a good feeling, uh, but it also you you you're dead right when you said the the business part changes mm -hmm. uh, if you're not careful, right? If you're not grounded mm -hmm. in what you're singing about, right? And we we. We were singing gospel, but like I said, we were uh, 
you know, you got, uh, you're meeting people every night. Right. Uh, and now, after the first Grammy, you've started, we were not even on the black circuit at all. Oh, my God. We played, we moved from. The, um, Chick the Chicklin circuit, right? You moved from the Chicklin circuit. Right. We left the Chicklin <laughs> circuit, never to return back anymore. And uh, we we played uh, city auditoriums, uh, the biggest places that they could find in, in in the cities. Right. And and we would load it out. We I used to say all the time, um in call was within fifteen minutes every mm -hmm. night. Right. And and fifteen minutes time you you didn't see nobody in the building. Right. But within but after that fifteen minutes, it was jammed to the rafter. You know? You couldn't get any more people in there. Here, here's and another was, here, here's another thing I want to I want to put to you. One one Grammy is one. I mean, listen mm -hmm. for for someone to even get one Grammy, that they, they would say they're lucky, right? That's a, that's a yes. that's a great accomplishment. Okay. Yes. yes. One Grammy is cool, right? Yes. You guys start you guys start racking in the Grammys. One turn right. to two, two turn to three, three uh -huh. turn to four, four right. turns to five. Then you get the yes. Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammy. What? what is, yes. I mean, what? Things, things, well, th things starts to change, right? You, yes, I mean, it, it really did. You are, you guys are. I want to say, arguably, you guys are one of the, you're one of the the the, the foundation of this gospel movement, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we can't have a conversation about gospel artists today without talking about the blind boys in Mississippi, the blind boys mm -hmm. of Alabama. We have to have that. Mm -hmm. You guys have to be included in that conversation, but not only included yes. in that conversation, you got the, you got the hardware to back it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, you know, here's the thing. Let me just say this too. Good. We went from, uh, when we first, before we started with Colonus, we were on the Chitlin circuit, and we couldn't. We could if we made two hundred dollars that night. That was big money, right? We had gone down to making uh, five and six dollars per man after performing. wasn't making no money, but we were doing it because you loved gospel and because you loved God, but you didn't love Him enough to to change your your life, mm -hmm. let me put it up. So uh, the same things that happen to the R&B singers happens to gospel singers as well. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Right. So it really is a lifestyle that you must commit to. Uh, and for me, I, I, I had to leave the blind boys because from $6 a night, the blind boys were making thirty thousand a night. Mm. Okay, and then you're riding on a bus when you had to ride in a car. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we were no longer uh, driving ourselves around the country. We right. flew. Right. Uh, we flew, and not only did we f fly, uh, everybody had their own room every night. Mm. You know, stuff that you. 
that's a luxury, man. That's a luxury. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, so, excuse me. Uh, yeah, so now you are able to eat well, dress well, <coughs> smell well. So. I want to, uh, I want to play it, something for you. Um, <coughs> I want to play uh, a clip from you and, well, let me play a clip from you. Uh, at some point, you went off and you started doing your own thing. I want to play this clip of you. Uh, it's called Child of God. Um, live performance from you. Okay. Finally got myself together. And I know who I am. Myself together, and I know who I am. Thank yes, I do. I Now, as I'm as I'm hearing that song, right, Child mm -hmm. of God, yep. I, I wanna, and I don't, I, I want you to tell me about that song, but the conversation that we just had, you guys are singing, you went off and did your own thing, you're singing gospel mm -hmm. music, but you're living a different gospel. Is this mm -hmm. song here kind of like redemption? You coming back yes, home? You coming back home? Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I, I, I had, I, had a, uh, I was running from God. Let me explain this to you. The way I grew up, mm -hmm. uh, we got all the basics. We got, we know what not to do and what to do. Right. But uh, my family was so strict. Mm -hmm. My father was strict uh, because he really, uh, he believed in what he was uh preaching right and i do too today today um because it, I, it it's right for me it may not be right for everybody else right but i believe uh i believe that every word in the bible that i that i read because it makes sense now because i have a i have a better life um than i did when i was uh playing church let me put it that way Playing church because we were playing church. We were not, yes, uh, and and there's so many people that play church. That's why the world um, frowns on a lot of ministry mm. uh, because you you see that pastor or uh, somebody in the church not living right, but they can tell you how you should be living. Right, and uh, it's a uh, you can't have it both ways, you know. Either you're gonna do it, or you're not. But so, church, you know, we say I'm not gonna say religion. I'm gonna say church. Yeah. Gospel church, it's a billion dollar business. Okay. It is that. And I'm glad that you say some people are playing church and not really mm -hmm. living church. Right. Some people are here to play church because of the financial benefit that it brings. Exactly. Exactly. 
And in and turn, you, you, no, go, ahead. You, go ahead, finish your thought. No, because you, here's what happened. You got, a, got the same crowd pulling at you in the church as mm -hmm. you do in the world. Right. So you got the women running behind you. You got um, uh, the drug man coming behind at you. You got everything <laughs> coming at you. You know, <laughs> that sounds funny, but it's true. Yeah, I feel uh, you. I feel you. Uh, yeah, it's 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 real, and 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 that's why you have to be true to what you believe in. Right. You know, if you're not true to it, then you're gonna fall. Absolutely. You're gonna fall. So, um, I don't care what preacher it is. Uh, if you ain't real, you know the people gonna know it. They're gonna know it, and some of them are gonna follow you anyway. Right. Because they're going to say, well, if the preacher can do this and get away with it, so can I. So can I. But Yes, yeah, so can I. So, but but you got to remember, you're not, uh, you don't have to give an account to the preacher. You got to give an account to God. Absolutely. I want to, I want to talk to you about Clarence. Um, yeah. I know you guys were really close. Mm -hmm. um, not only did you guys play together, he was your, he was your childhood friend. Yes. Um, now, and I mean, how, how you been dealing with him not here, you know, talking to your friend, you know, he's, has been gone. And I mean, I want to, I want to get to the part. I want to, I want to come, tell me about that because I want to get to the part of him watching the group move on without him but tell me about tell me about your friend a little bit uh my friend was um he was a good guy he was just uh he lost his direction as well mm -hmm. um you know with the popularity the um the money the um uh non-commitment uh, to like he'll tell you, we stayed gospel. We stayed. We we we. I was gonna be like Sam Cook. This is one of the things he always said. I wasn't gonna be like Sam Cook. Just go out and start making money. Um, no, I, I stayed. I stayed with gospel. But staying with gospel doesn't mean anything if it's not in your heart. Right. If it is not genuine. Uh, and of course, Clarence loved a lot of women. Um, he loved them. I mean, it, 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 he had faults like every every man. Mm -hmm. um, that, that goes back before David. You know, he wasn't the only one that had faults with uh, his flesh. Uh, so again, um, but Clarence and I got along fine until. Uh, I want to say after Clarence got sick um, and when he lost the group, um, we, uh, we fell out because I could no longer be with the blind boys and running up and down the road and 
not live a holy life. I had to change. And it, it, my conscience was whipping me so badly that I, and I had been running away from God for a long time. And I mean, God would would talk to me in my in my um, in my rooms um, on the trips. I wrote songs about it. Uh, there's a song I got called "The Birth of Jesus." It's in me because he, it finally happened where I surrendered unto God. Uh, and Clarence asked me, he said, why can you be like you are now and still be with us on the road? Mm-hmm. Well, there was one one of our managers. He, he looked at the group one day and he said, you know what? You blind boys are a bunch of heathens. <laughs> And the thing was, he was right. And, and it, it made me. I, I wouldn't. Home. I wouldn't expect that from a bunch of blind boys, though. You know. Oh well. Hey, listen, blind boys like girls too. <laughs> blind boys like to take a little drink too. You know. Uh, it it doesn't it doesn't take the man from you. Right. It takes the gospel man from you. Right. Okay. That's what it takes. So uh, let us be real. So we have to uh, uh, first uh, get real with God and get real with ourselves and and, and really determine which way we want to go. Okay. I can tell you how to get to Chicago from here, but uh, if I take the the, the the left and go north. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make it to Chicago, right? But I told you how to get there, right? You know what I'm saying? So you have to really. Uh, I, I found out that my dad was correct in everything that he taught me that I didn't want to uh, abide by because I wanted to be like the guys. I want to be like the fellas, man. Right. I, you know. I, I, I work with, uh, 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 at 19, I, I left the Blind Boys and went with Dorothy Norwood for three months. And uh, Dorothy was opening for the uh, Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. There was Stevie Wonder on, on the show every night. And he, I mean, and when I got to, around Stevie, I'm like, my God, my idol. I love Stevie Wonder, you know what I'm saying? I, and I'm working with, I'm on the show with him every night. Right. I get to see him, I get to talk to him. I get to uh, sing alongside him. And, you know, in, in the rehearsals, I, I could walk over there, sing a little song, and he'd be laughing and carrying on. You know, we, and that was all good fun. But it didn't, I, I had to remember, I'm opening this show singing gospel every night with Dorothy. And Stevie doing his thing. So, you know, so. Let me ask you this. Uh, yes. Stevie doing his thing, right? So. Yeah. What about, what about, Ray, what about Ray Charles? Ray Charles. Did you see the movie? I, I saw the movie. That's why I'm asking you because. Okay. All the blind guys do the same thing. They, they, they feel the woman's wrist and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and so this is so this is a, so this is a real thing. So you guys it's got real. so you got you got you guys are opening up for Stevie, yeah. right? And Stevie, you guys are doing gospel, and Stevie's doing his two step, whatever he's doing. Right. Uh huh. Wow. But we're trading uh, at the same time with, without even. I don't think it was on purpose. I think uh, you you walk in a very fine line, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You know because again, you you you're supposed to be saying gospel, and the thing of it is. Once you're labeled gospel, people expect more out of you. Right. And you know what? You're probably right. Because you can be you can be a pop singer or be rock and roll, but yeah. once and they they wouldn't hold you to any standards like they will hold a it's gospel right. singer. A gospel singer, right. you are held to a different standard. And once you have yeah, once you're it, once you're totally. a gospel singer, it's hard to shake that that label. Yes, sir. Because you're supposed to be leading the way. Right. You know, uh, uh, my dad always told me, you're not like everybody else. So don't think that you can do what they do. Mm -hmm. Especially in my house. <laughs> okay. So and that, now I understand it because I deal with the same issues with my children or my grandchildren. Right. Uh, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We're not... Uh, because what I think what people forget is two spirits. Right. One is one is godly and righteous and holy, and the other one is just anything goes and let's have a ball. Right. I want to play. I want to so, play a clip for uh, with you and you and Clarence uh, jamming together. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know where this was, but um, you guys were rocking out together. Let me play this clip. I'll come back and talk to you about it. Okay, very good. Clarence, would you mind sharing with us the story of your beginnings of the blind boy? Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's an interview with Clarence talking about the the um how he founded the group the Blind Boys of Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh I think this is it right here. You and Clarence. Okay. Come on, clap your hands. I'm going to do what the Lord said to I tried lying. I tried gambling. I tried everything under the sun. I'm going to do what the Lord said to Lord, I'm going to do what your Lord said to you, hey, I'm going to do, 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 what the Lord said to you, I tried everything. Hey, um, I, I get it, I get it, I, yeah. I get I get it, I get it, I can understand yeah. now. Uh huh. How was it? Well, you know, how was it? You and Clarence. How did you? You know, I mean, I know he's gone, but how was it jamming with him? We 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 had a great chemistry together. Mm -hmm. 
So that was not the problem. The problem would always be the lifestyle. The lifestyle, two uh, spirits. Yes, yes. Uh, when I wrote this song, Do What the Lord Said Do, I, uh, usually every song that I write, God just wakes me up in the middle of the night, give me words. I come up with, I, I feel the music and, and I put it down. And when I showed this song to Clarence, Clarence did not like this song. Really? Because, no, he didn't like the song. Uh, he didn't like the song because I was not with him full time um, after the, pretty much during this time. This was my time to uh, to find me mm -hmm. and get 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 right with with myself because at one time, man, um, you know I I loved uh, Cavassier and Hennessy <laughs> and everything else. Right, right. But it was time for me to give that up and and become committed. Um, I. I have a family, I have a home, uh, uh, cars, and, you know, whatever. The main thing, I was not committed mm -hmm. to Christ, the man. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to, God started giving me songs like Do What the Lord Said Do, The Birth of Jesus, uh, One Step. Uh, there's so many songs that God gave me that I st just started writing. I wrote a song one time called clean life mm -hmm. and i was with the blind boys and actually i was i was uh, I, I i can i can say about this i was actually in the airport getting high in in the airport no way on my on my way to europe and so um and that thing was bothering me and every time something would bother me i would write mm -hmm. and bring a bring a song uh, then there's another song a guy called "I Don't Want to Burn," because you you know you you've heard about hell, hell and brimstone, fire and brimstone, right. and that this thing is real. So do you believe it or do you not believe it? Man, at the time, I, man, I'm having fun. I'm, nah, I'm gonna have me some fun, you know. Blah, 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 blah. But that time had to cease because God kept kept calling me you know just like a like a the alarm clock going off right so uh so i i uh I, and i must say i am so glad that he did call me and the thing that we don't realize is that the call of god comes before you are even born mm -hmm. it, 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 it happens way before you even born, man. God knows what he wants to do with you. You're the one that's running around trying to figure out what can I do next? You know? Well, it, you usually you, find usually find out what you need to do once everything you want to do fails. Yes. And then you find God absolutely. and then find your calling. There you go. Hopefully, Thank hope, you. For, for some people, I, I hope that they find it sooner than later. Because some people waste a great deal of time until yes. they find their calling and then they don't have enough time in order to accomplish what they want to accomplish, what Amazing. God wants them to accomplish. So true, so true. 
Uh, and a lot of, like you said, they don't make it. They die in their sins and uh, then probably blame God because they fail. But it's not God's fault. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is just turn from your wicked ways and um, really uh, seek after a better life. I want to play, um, speaking of family, you know, uh, you have handed down, passed down your, your talent um, to your daughter. I want to play a clip of you and your daughter um, jamming out. Then I want to come back Thank and I want to talk to you about that. Um, okay. That was that was a that was a touching moment. I want to I want to play this for you. Okay. Good. Sam? Yes. That's got to make you proud. Oh, thank you. Yes, it does. That's got to make you proud. Yeah, it does. All my kids singing. Uh, uh, my son is a drummer. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a... Uh, matter of fact, the song that you played, Child of God, that's my entire family singing and praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, seeing your, your daughter, I mean, she got a beautiful voice, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Seeing you guys there together, um, is, she, is she actively right now involved in music? Oh, yes, yeah, she is. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, yeah. She's also a teacher. Wonderful. She loves kids. And she loves, uh, she teaches voice. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Blind Boys of Alabama had uh, a lot of commercial success. There mm -hmm. is, uh, while, while I was doing research for this interview, 
I was surprised to see all the artists that you guys work with. Even mm-hmm. um, a show that I am very fond of, uh, big fan of the HBO series The Wire. I did oh, not yeah. know that the the theme song was the Blind Boys of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, and you guys are embedded into pop culture in many different ways. And we hear mm-hmm. the sounds of Blind Boys of Alabama and not knowing these are actually gospel singers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want to play that, that, that clip from The Wire. Uh, and I want to come back and I want to talk to you a little bit more about it. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This America, man. listening to that clip the intro mm-hmm. right and also yeah. listen yeah. to what you said about living to singing the gospel but living a different gospel the wire was set in baltimore uh mm-hmm. street life drug mm-hmm. epidemic um mm-hmm. corruption with law enforcement it's everything that you're saying describes this show mhm and it, it's funny. I, I was I was very shocked to, to see that that wire was used. That you guys were part of that that intro to describe mm-hmm. that whole scene and to to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were saying that 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 song wasn't written by the Blank Boys of Alabama. No, it was written by Ben Harper. Oh, Ben Harper. Okay. Yes. Yes. And uh, again, Ben Harper. Um, Tom Petty, uh, there were other, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the acts that we were able to work with. Um, it's been so many, but again, uh, Blind Boys had a great opportunity and uh, a well, uh, a well life because, uh, the opening to go into the theater world mm-hmm. and leave theater and come to uh, the mass, play to the masses, right. was just really uh, something that a lot of uh, gospel acts have not been able to do. True. You guys, as I said in the beginning, you guys do have the hardware to, to, to back up what you're saying. Um mm-hmm. You know, what is, I, I know you, you go to church frequently and you play in church, but uh, 
do you still record? Yes, I have a um, uh, a new project uh, out right now. Tell us, a, tell us about it. It's called the Birth of Jesus, um, and it's a lot of songs that um, that some of them that uh, um, I had written and never had gotten them, um, you know, uh, uh, promoted, and so now that's what I'm doing. Of course, but I also pastor a church right. uh, here in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, called the Church of the Living God. We're mm. um, on the west side of St. Paul, Minnesota. We're at Salem Lutheran Church is where we worship out of. But again, it's uh, it, it, it was the opportunity that I, uh, that I took the advantage of to actually change my life, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, a, right. uh, it, it, and it, it's really, uh, it's very rewarding. We feed, uh, uh, I would say we feed about, uh, well, I know that we have at least, at least eight to 10,000 pounds of food that we pick up and give away Wow. every week, every week. And, you know, um, there's a saying that that's in AA. It says, "There by the grace of God, there goes, there goes I." Um, and that was me, you know. That was that. That was me. I because, like I said, I, I you can get get so caught up and uh, thinking you're having fun when you're killing yourself, mm -hmm. um, and not uh, not really uh, taking care of what God has given you got you um and I, I i was able to uh i'm able to thank god today for changing me around me so uh, i don't knock what other people do you can do what you want to, but i don't want to <laughs> do that no more right gotcha gotcha you know i feel you sam butler uh yes sir gospel pioneer five-time grammy award winner currently pastor at a church found his yes. way back mm. family man grandfather your yes. life is coming to full circle sir it is it is and got great grandkids and i you know great grandkids great great grandfather yes. as well yes and i'm trying to have a guitar for all of them definitely definitely yes sam you uh I appreciate you taking your time to come in and chat with me. I'd love to have you back when you, you know, you want to talk about whatever project you're working on. You're, you're more than okay. welcome to come back and chat with me, man. I know I um, the documentary. I don't know since Eric has passed away. I don't know what's the status of that, but I'd like to bring you back to talk about that um, once, you know, um, his wife has figured out how things are going to go, you know, as yes. far as the editing and the release date. Yes. And, um so yes. I'd love to I'd love to have you back. I would love to come back. Oh man, it was a, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure having you here. I Thank want you hey, so hey, I want I want to talk with some of those road trips, man, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. They were wild, but they, you know, I'm sure they were. I'm sure was, they were. It was worth it. It was yeah. worth it all. Uh sure it was. Sam Butler, sir, appreciate your time, appreciate you coming on. You enjoy uh much more success for you. And thank you again, sir. Thank you for having me. 
God bless you. Likewise, likewise. Take care. You too.